Good morning, Lumpolakap. Good morning, Ajahn Soko. So, thank you for taking some time to do a Q&A. Today is Sunday, the 5th of November, 2023. I was wondering if today you could tell us something about the Brahma, Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, what they are and how widely they are useful in the practice. Well, the Brahma Viharas, the translation into English is divine abodes. So like Brahma is, is the divine and a Vihara is a place to abide, to live, an abode. <clears throat> and divinity is, in English, it means uh, heavenly or above the world. And so when we're caught in the world, just worldly thinking habits and conditioning. We, we create enemies and we have critical minds. We start thinking about life and we say so many things wrong with oneself or the people we live with or the society we're in or the world in general. Because in worldly life, there's so much to criticize. And uh, because the world is about right and wrong, good and bad, it's about the opposites, one, one opposite countering another, it's, it's opposite. So the right against wrong and good against evil, heaven against hell. The Brahma Viharas are a way of reflecting to get back to what is truly divine in experience is loving kindness of metta, the Pali word metta, translated as loving kindness. So love is what holds things together. And when you know just in relationship, love, loving kindness brings together many uh, boring opposites. Without love, then there's anger, hatred, resentment, and this separates. So this negative side of, uh, of the thinking process tends to separate everything into taking sides and the problems of the political conditions of planet Earth at this time is, is very much divided into partisan preferences and righteous views of, and and blame and loving kindness is, is a subject that we must consider seriously at this time because it's the only way we can resolve the conflicts in ourselves and in the world around us. <clears throat> So with metta practice, <clears throat> we 
we spread, you know, we use the thinking process at first, starting with ourselves. We, we say, may I be well, uh, because this is the point that we reflect from, from here and now, from this point here, which is I, I am here and now. And wishing oneself well is a foundation uh, for metta practice. Without wishing well for yourself, then wishing well for others is, is merely an intellectual exercise. So we start with ourselves by accepting ourselves the way we are, having metta for our uh, our bodies, for our uh, habits, which doesn't mean we approve or disapprove, but it's a way of of not creating uh, disrespect, dislike, hatred, resentment towards the experiences we have as an individual person. So in metta practice, we, we spread metta or loving kindness first to ourselves and then to our loved ones and then to uh, all sentient beings. So it includes all, all beings, whether, you know, they're the beings that we like or beings we don't like. Which means that, that we put ourselves in the divine presence of love, which is unitive in which we, we tend to forget when we're caught up in our resentments, hatreds, desire for revenge, blame, and uh, these negative states that, that uh, create division, hatred, divorce, uh, wars and conflicts, and it goes on endlessly, both in one's own mind or in the families we live in, or the society that we're, and then the world around us. So metta is a, is a kind of first Brahma-vihara, first divine abode, and then karuna is co translated as compassion. <clears throat> so loving-kindness brings us into a state of, of love, uh, which includes everything, so that love is, is, as I've said before, is inclusive. And uh, divine love is inclusive. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exclude anything. So this brings us into the state of compassion for the suffering we see around us, the suffering for uh, the problems of the world, the families we live in, the societies that we're a member of, the world in general, or the suffering of others. And at this time in, in Palestine and in Israel, Ukraine or Russia, uh, there's compassion for all the suffering beings uh, that are subject to wars and conflicts of these of this nature is to feel compassion for them rather than to, to take sides and, and uh, cheer for one side and, 
and uh, hate the opposite. So compassion is, is understanding, it's empathy for the suffering of others. Once we have metta for our own suffering, except then we also can feel compassion for the suffering of others. Then uh, the third Brahma Vihara is Mudita, which is translated as joy, sympathetic joy. It's the joy of, of experience that we have, uh, the, the, the magic of the world, the universe that we are experiencing through this form, the goodness, the beauty, the kindness, the, the love, the, the generosity that we experience or uh, see around us in the world that we live in. And the th our fourth Brahma-Vihara is called Upeka or equanimity. So it's uh, the divine abode, ultimate divine destination of Upeka or equanimity of peace and calm, silence, which is uh, our true nature. That's the abode of, of peace and bliss. So just using the English word love, which is an overused word meant in so many different ways, um, in metta, it's, it's not about liking somebody or approving of somebody or oneself. It's, it's uh, the ability to, to realize that the conditioned realm is uh, about change and good and bad and, and right and wrong. And when we when we forget that, then we tend to to feel guilty, feel hatred, feel we blame others, we blame God, we we uh, take sides, uh, and we're conditioned for that in modern societies. Uh, they're all they like nationalism, patriotism, and uh, views about holding political views strongly. Uh, and things that are opposed to those particular views breed this anger, resentment. The, the critical mind operates through blame, through aversion, through hatred, through denial. Where loving kindness realizes that that's the nature of the, of the sansara, the world that we experience through the form, because the forms that we identify with are uh, about male and female, right and wrong, good and bad. You know, it's all about one one condition opposite to another condition. And when that's the world that we we live in, that we don't reflect upon, don't understand, then we're caught in in uh, depression, in resentment, in all kinds of uh, self-hatred, suicidal desires, desires for annihilation, 
blame, endless blaming of others for what's going wrong. Uh, and we can see this in the media, just the, the, the media that we exposed to through the modern technology. Uh, it feeds us a heavy diet, a constant diet of right and wrong, and who's who's right, who's wrong, who's the friend, who's the enemy. And of course, this can change. If suddenly you decide to disagree with me, then you become my enemy. Where with metta or loving kindness, uh, you know, this is our, an abode to rest in, in which we we don't indulge in in angry, uh, resentful, blaming habits of thought and feeling that we might be experiencing. And so, may I be well. The 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 standard, the beginning place for metta is being able to accept and not hate, not try to uh, get rid of what you're feeling, uh, no matter how horrible it, it might be, but to understand it. It is a condition to have metaphor, to have metaphor yourself means that you're not caught in endless trying to to uh, dwell on what's wrong or what you believe is wrong in yourself, but, uh, but whatever you believe is wrong and what you you hate or resent in yourself, you have metaphor, which is a way of, of understanding that it is the way it is and it can't help being like that. So you let go of it. You, you release your uh, habitual condition grasping of either indulging or resisting life to understanding that. So the love is, is you know, we, we talk about love a lot, loving relationships, loving pets, loving nature, and <clears throat> We love food, we love music, we love all kinds of things. But love, in, in, as it's commonly used, can mean we, we prefer or we like. And uh, when we like somebody, uh, then we can, we, we believe we're in love with them. When we like somebody a lot, and uh, Sometimes we, we fall in love with somebody else, which means that we, we would give our life for them. We'd, we'd do anything to, to uh, protect and help them. And, and these are kind of noble thoughts, which uh, falling in love uh, manifests. But also these, as long as there are thoughts, and dependent upon agreeable conditions, then that, that is more or less liking a lot, or just romantic love, or idealistic love. Mete is absolute love, which is our true nature, which is divine, divine energy, 
ultimate reality, whatever, whatever terms you want to use uh, for defining something undefinable. So metta is, the, is a technique we use in Buddhism to, to uh, remind ourselves of this, like meditations on loving-kindness, are when we dwell on love, loving thoughts, and, and uh, kind thoughts, benevolent thoughts, then we, we're, we're, we're thinking, but we're also beginning to feel a sense of love, and peace that comes through thinking in a positive way. And so, as long as, as, as we begin to realize true love, or ultimate love, then, then metta is, is natural to us. It's, it's our, a place we, we naturally rest in. It's an abode, divine abode that we can rest in, uh, in these forms, the karma, the, the tendencies, the habit tendencies we have, we begin to, to uh, understand them rather than just react to them in terms of blame or resistance or indulgence. Is it the case that we use thinking to in the initial practice of bringing up metta, loving-kindness, for example, but the thinking is just the initial tool, and then eventually it leads to silence in the mind? Yes. It's like thinking positively, like the power of positive thought, brings a kind of happiness to life. And, uh, but as long as it's still thinking, you know, then it can easily change. Like you can want to love all sentient beings one moment and want to destroy the person sitting next to you. So, I mean, one of the experiences one has with metta is, uh, you're practicing metta and somebody slams the door and makes a noise. <laughs> you can feel angry. Or somebody wants to talk to you when you're in your practicing metta pavana and you feel resentment. And so, as long as it's mental, verbal thinking, and just uh, the result of thinking positively without wisdom, then uh, that metta is, is still, it's better than not having it, but it's still not the kind of loving-kindness that is divine, is leading towards that. And so, may I be well is, is the beginning phase, and then we, we, we uh, reflect on our parents and, and uh, teachers and family, people we like and love, which are easy, then 
it goes on to to uh, having metta for all the uh, sentient beings in the world, good or bad, all the devils as well as the angels. So it's it, it's inclusive in just its verbal context. It includes angels and devils. You know, these are divine kind of. Uh, metaphysical opposites. So in metaphor, loving kindness for angels is, is easy, but for devils it's not. But, and this is where we begin to recognize how we we're caught in, a, in attachments to, to righteousness, to goodness, to ideals of perfection. And how we we resist and fight and want to annihilate the opposite, where metta bhavana really is learning to to stop resisting and indulging, but in in just allowing things to be what they are to change in their natural way. So we we begin to let go of our conditioning, our attachments, our views, our righteousness, our opinions, our desires for revenge. You can see what's happening in uh, the Middle East at this time. The desire for revenge is, is rampant on both sides of the Israelis and Palestinians. And revenge is, is a really uh, painful mental state to seek revenge can just take you over and you can become a brute, become a monster through just seeking revenge to get even with somebody who's harmed you or your family. Where metta is perhaps metta for revenge means means that you begin to observe this desire for revenge because we all experience revenge is quite a common emotion for all of us. But when we when we're idealistic we want to annihilate revenge and we would ideally like to just have a loving kindness and compassion for all sentient beings. Uh, by annihilating the desire to revenge the, the people we done, who have hurt us or harmed us in some way. And so metta includes uh, kind, loving kindness for an acceptance of when, the, when this emotion is present. Rather than resisting and trying to get rid of it or indulging in it, we we let go of it. We just let it be and it ceases and takes us to true peace, to equanimity if we allow it to. Sometimes the Brahma Viharas are referred to as mature, the mature emotions of the heart. Well, that's what we're looking at. It's it's when when you are 
when when there is wisdom operating in your when you living life with wisdom, then the Brahma Viharas are natural way we respond to experience. Like an enlightened person still has to live with a aging body and the uh, what we call vipaka kama the 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 memories of the past the the habitual the habits that we've developed from childhood up to the present <clears throat> these don't suddenly disappear and we become completely purified angels but it means that that our relationship to the world is not grasping it, not taking sides, not resenting it, but learning from it with wisdom. Wisdom allows us to to flow with life, to learn from the aging process, from sickness, through uh, conflicts that, that we experience, where Ignorance means we take sides and we fight and we, we become very righteous and, and justify uh, evil actions like killing others uh, in the name of justice and righteousness. And this has happened in so many religious contexts throughout history of how religion can be, be caught in a, in a particularly righteous rut, uh, a rut of just a, um, feeling right in everything that is, is different than what you hold as right is wrong and evil and bad. That is a very uh, depressing state because the world around us isn't about righteousness, it's about change. You know, you can't stop aging process of your body. Climate, the changing of the seasons, you can't stop it because you prefer one season over another. How do we stop the conflicts in Israel and Palestine? Uh, you know, how, you know, we can think of, um, how it should be, you know, they should get together and have a ceasefire and, and uh, work things out with wisdom. But they're caught in the indulgence of revenge and hatred and justice and righteousness. Both sides have a claim to being right, operating from their view of what's right and what's wrong. Whose side can you take? You know, in, in, in uh, Ukraine and Russia, who's right and who's wrong? And even though we might feel some side is more right than the other, the conflict is about nationalism, about property, about the world that we live in, we still are subject to these these experiences. But our relationship to them is, is understanding with wisdom rather than through 
uh, habits of, of uh, taking sides one against the other and trying to, to uh, force issues and, and uh, annihilate the enemy or, you know, be caught in the, in the conflicts of right and wrong, good and bad. So wisdom means it's not about being right or wrong, it's about being aware of the way things are. And so in, in Ukraine and Russia, it's like this, which is a way of, as long as these two, you know, they, these two countries conflict with each other, then, then destruction, war, killing is inevitable. It's the way it has to be. Because that's the way the world is. You know, the, the, the big fish eat the little fish. And, and uh, power exploits the weak. And, and, uh, and even though that's not right, in, in according to a sense of righteousness, it is the way life really operates. And the birth and death and and uh, war and peace. They're, they're worldly conditions that operate through ignorance of ultimate reality or Dhamma or the divine reality of love. So it's... Uh, but what, you know, what we can do is resolve these conflicts within us as individuals. Uh, you know, even you know, we'd like to solve the problems of the Middle East and in Ukraine and Russia. We'd love to resolve that in peaceful, civilized, human ways. Uh, as individuals, what can we do? We can take sides, protest, which is fine, but uh, it's still it's still creating this. The you know the conflict is not being resolved; it's just being exacerbated by that kind of energy. So, in terms of resolving conflicts within ourselves. Would it be right to kind of contemplate the use and the practice of Brahma Viharas as a way of balancing the critical mind, the idealistic tendencies we have? Yes, it's well the may I be well approach. You know, when I first encountered the Brahma Brahma Viharas, and uh, he chanted in Pali, and then he translated into English, and uh, I found it easier to share, share metta, loving kindness with all beings, rather than myself. 
may I be well, I tend to, I have a very cynical nature. And uh, I just didn't feel right about that. Uh, you know, I thought it was kind of selfish where sending uh, metta to a billion Chinese, I don't know, was easy for me. But uh, for some monk sitting next to me who was making a lot of noise, you know, it was more difficult to have metta for them than for the billion Chinese that I've never met. And I noticed that. I noticed uh, it's just having metta for some uh, politician you particularly dislike. You know, it's, it's easy to have metta for animals and um, all sentient beings, but the reality of sitting next to a monk who's noisy, coughing, sneezing, making unpleasant noises while you're meditating on loving kindness is, is you know, you, you, want, you want to have the peace and tranquility from positive thinking rather than realizing the, the reality of experience of, of, of acknowledging the, the irritation you feel by somebody else that's sitting next to you. So you have metta for that, the irritation, the anger or resentment you feel, which doesn't mean you 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 uh, you like that or love it. it love is is uh, you know in terms of liking you don't like it, but you can have loving kindness or metaphor for it, which means it is the way it is. It's like this, and at this time it's like this, and it's the way of of. Uh, not dwelling on getting caught up in trying to suppress your aversion or try or just being caught in indulgence. So in uh, like meditation retreats, we get very, uh, we want to have, we don't want any noise. We don't want to have uh, noisy machinery going on. We, we want to have a calm, peaceful environment with everybody keeping noble silence is the ideal, say, of a 10-day meditation retreat. And then somebody causes disruption and we can feel, you know, resentment, wanting to, wanting them to leave, wanting to get rid of them. But I always encourage on retreats when there is disruption to, to have metta for it, which means to, to accept it, the, the feeling of being irritated or angry. It's like this. It, 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 this statement is like this. It's, 
is the way of just it's not critical but it's where the re the experience of here and now is like this and it can only be this way you know to want this moment to be some other moment is an impossibility that this moment is like this whether it's pleasant physically through seeing hearing smelling tasting touching through feeling through thinking it is the way it is and that that is like metta or loving kindness because it's a way of letting go of trying to control resist fight or blame or get caught in righteous resentments towards the person that you, that you find irritating so i remember here at Amaravati, we have a lot of lawns, grass lawns, and uh, the retreat center, when giving a 10-day retreat, the chiefs would, would get, uh, tell the gardener not to mow the lawn near the retreat center during this 10-day retreat, because we don't like that noise, a noisy lawnmower. And it's very distracting from our practice. And so uh, this uh, practice, you know, I would get the gardener, the groundsman, to mow the lawn deliberately <laughs> and use the situation to say, you know, wanting, not wanting to have your tranquility disrupted is like this when you're attached to the ideal of silence and peace and that's disrupted then you feel angry but this world of samsara that we experience through these forms is a noisy experience you know the, the body is a noisy condition the world around us, nature itself. In Thailand, for example, you know, it's a very noisy country. You've got all kinds of insect sounds. In England, it's much more quiet, nature-wise. And uh, in Ubuan, where I lived for so many years, you get all kinds of... of uh, insect sounds, animal sounds in the jungle, and, and uh, to try to stop nature from being what it is, to stop the flow of change that we're experiencing through this form is, is uh, you know, going to make your life utterly miserable. But when you begin to open to it, it that samsara, the world of the senses, is like this. It's a noisy, confusing place. It's not generally, it's, there are moments of peace and tranquility in it. It's about change. And in tranquility and peace, on the level of, of the sense experiences, it can't, you can't sustain it. Because the senses aren't, you know, are subject to change. 
the, what we see, the objects of sight and sound, smell, taste, touch, are, are, are the experience of change. And to want them to, to fit into some ideal you have about a perfectly uh, still, tranquil environment is asking the impossible from nature because nature is, is basically very noisy. And uh, it's, that's just the way it is. It's like this. And as we begin to accept the flow of life with loving kindness, then the uh, relationship to the suffering we see around us, rather than just blaming others for the, for the wars going on in the world, family problems, or relationship problems, or the injustices, unfairnesses of the world. We, we begin to, to see that the world is like this. It's not going to be fair and just and right and, and good, because these are conditions that have their opposites. And, and this, they're in the inexorable changing process. That's their nature, is to change from one state to another. Thank you very much for these reflections, Upal.